You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 356. In this episode, I talk to Jen Lenner about how to hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In today's episode, I speak with Jen Lenner. Jen is a digital marketing and systems strategist and a professor of digital marketing at Cleveland State University. She is the founder of Front Row Mastermind, which was featured in Fast Company as one of the top Facebook groups to join before quitting your job. Jen lived for three years in the Philippines, and in this episode, we talk about how to hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines. Before we dive in, I want to give you an update on my biggest and boldest project to date, Self-Made Summit. We are introducing one speaker after the other. So go and check out sigrun.com forward slash self-made summit. And you'll also find interviews with all the speakers on my Facebook page. Do you have your ticket yet? Super early bird tickets sold out in 48 hours. And now early bird tickets are still available. There is very limited number of VIP tickets left. So go to show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 356, where you can find out more about the Self-Made Summit, plus all the links to Jen Lehner. And there you will also find a flow chart of the steps on how to hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines. I am so excited to be here with Jen Lehner. And meet again. Well, now it's virtually over the internet. I'm in Switzerland, she's in the US, but we met at Social Media Marketing World and talked about Front Row. So thank you for coming on the show, Jen. Thank you so much for having me, Sigrid. I'm thrilled to be here. So I came into the room a bit early. I was like one of the first 10 people coming into a room where you were like a host for the whole track for the whole day at Social Media Marketing World. I don't even remember the talk. I just remember that we met there. And since then, we've been trying to set up this uh, podcast interview. But as I came in, I'm like, well, I'm aiming for the front row because I want to see and hear clearly and I want to connect with speakers. And you were like, of course you sit in the front row. (laughs) I loved it so much. Yeah. (laughs) And you quickly talked to me. We did a quick Facebook Live before the speaker came on stage. And honestly, I've really forgotten who was speaking. But you actually have a business called Front Row, a podcast called Front Row. I'm super curious how that name, why you choose that name and what it means to you. Okay, so it's my favorite thing to talk about because... It is more than just the name of my business. It's really my philosophy in life. And uh, I was I was talking to my college girlfriends the other day about this. And one of them said, you know, 
it really is more than a marketing, like a cute marketing title. She goes, because you always were in the front row in college. Like that's where I met these girls was like in the front row. And the idea is just that life is too short to take a back seat in life or in business. And just like you said, when you are in the front, you literally like not being like metaphorical or anything. It's just like you literally hear it better. You see it better. The person in front sees you and hears you better. And it's just sort of saying, it's a way of saying like, I'm all in, you know, I can't jump out the back door. I'm all in. And guess what else? There's other bonuses. Like I found when I go to a conference, if I'm sitting on the front row, almost every single time, the person to the right of me and the person to the left of me has that front row mindset. Like they're go-getters. They're all in. They're ready to like squeeze all the juice out of the lemon, you know? So that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it it's so true. Like I always try to sit in the front row and it's interesting whether it's a concert or someone getting married in a church. I'm always surprised that people, the front row is empty. Right. I can come last minute and there's a seat available in the front row because people somehow don't want to be seen or they want to don't need to pushy and whatever. And I'm like, well, I'll take that seat. Thank you very much. And and it's also non-committal. If you're not, if you're sitting in the back row, you're you're as non-committal as you can get. You're basically saying, like, I want to be near the door so I can make an exit if I, I need to make a quick exit. And you know, there are times for that, right? Like, but but most of the time the front row is the place to be. And, and you're right, people I think are afraid to be seen up there, you know, but um, but I'm not. No. And I'm not too. So that's great. And that's how we connected. And that's why we ended up here to talk about front row. But this spills over into other areas in your life and business. I couldn't help but noticing that on your podcast, you have interviewed some great people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin. And I was like, wow, how does he get these amazing guests? And you said, well, that's the front row mindset. But can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Okay. So back to the front row mindset, like another thing I just thought of is, and this will tie into the podcast thing is like, if I'm going to park, okay, I'm going to park my car. I go right to the front best parking space and I get the space. And that is because the mentality of people is like, they pull in, they go to the third row because they know they'll get a spot there because they don't want to go to the front row and then have to circle around the parking lot. I just go right to the front row. I'm like, why not me? There's going to be a spot. There's almost always a spot, even at Christmas time, whatever, I can find a spot. So with the podcast, it's sort of the same thing. So it started with um, Gary Vaynerchuk had an episode and he was actually on James Altucher's podcast and they started talking and out of the blue, Gary V said, you know what? I'm going to shift gears. If somebody creates a podcast right now and they post two episodes and then they tweet hashtag Gary and James, I started, I'll come on your podcast. And uh, he said for five minutes is what he said. I was a Sunday and I was like, damn it. Like I knew I was going to have to do this. It was like a compulsion. Like I was with my dog. I was like, oh, so I like, I turned around. I went home. I had no podcast. I had no podcast. I knew that year I was going to start a podcast. No podcast. I walked in. I said to my husband, honey, you're in charge of the kids. I like, I got to go do a podcast. He knew better than to ask. Like, he's like, whatever. I go and like, I created a podcast that day, uploaded two episodes. But then the hard part was 
getting him. And James had said on that show, James Altucher said, oh yeah, me too. I'll be on your show too, is what they said. So I tweeted like crazy with the hashtag, but I really, really worked hard. And I got James first. And once I got James on the show, he came sooner. Once I did a show with him, a full hour, I tweeted the clip from the original episode. I cut it out where Gary Vee said he would do this, right? His promise. I captured it. And then I tweeted it again. This time it said, James kept his word. <laughs> no, it's your turn, right? And then immediately I heard from his assistant and uh, we scheduled it and, um, and he stayed for an hour and then he even put our show on his show. So I got, I got to be on the Gary Vee show as well. So it was like a super, super win. And then once you land a couple of big fish, it makes it much easier to then get some bigger names. But Seth came on for a different reason. He came on because I emailed him. Again, it's like, why not me? Like, why not me? I don't, you know, and what are they gonna do? They're gonna say no, and then I'll try again. And I had actually emailed Seth over the years several times, and guess what? He, he replies to his email. Probably will hate me for <laughs> announcing this on your podcast, but he does reply to his emails. And so he had told me no many times. No, sorry, thank you, no. Um, but this time, I just decided to say, hey, did you know that Entrepreneur Magazine is threatening to sue me for using the word entrepreneur in the name of my podcast? And um, I said, did you know the word entrepreneur is trademarked? And then he got like fired up about that. He was mad about that. He replied. He came on my podcast. Then he wrote an article about it. It was just amazing. But that's the front row attitude in that you just, life is short. Who's going to do that for me? Who's going to reach out to Seth Godin for me and get him on my podcast and he's going to write an article? Nope, nobody. And what do I have to lose? You know, maybe they think I'm a pest. So what? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And it resonates so much with me to just go for it. And yes, they promised. So you were going to hold them up to their promise. And yeah, getting Seth's attention with something that he's madly passionate about, like, you know, don't go after the small business owners, we're going to protect them. Absolutely love it. So Jen, we could probably do a whole episode just on those topics. Uh, but actually, we do have another topic to go to. Before we go to the main, main, main topic, how did you end up doing what you do today? Like, was there a straight path to this place? Or what path did you take? I think I just sort of stumbled my way into it. It's not terribly like electrifying. It was, I did do a, um, do you know what a cash mob is? No. Or, or do you know what a flash mob is? Yes. Okay. So a cash mob is a take on a flash mob. So for your audience, for your listeners, a flash mob is when a bunch of people show up behind the scenes, they've organized like a dance or something and they show up in a public place and they do this very orchestrated choreographed dance routine. A cash mob is when same thing. It's orchestrated behind the scenes and a bunch of people will show up at a local business and like flood them with cash, like buy things like a hardware store or a bakery or whatever. So I decided I came up with the, uh, a name flash cashers because there was this little pie shop in my town with no customers. It was a brand new pie shop. It was so cute. And it was in the shower and I was like thinking about the pie shop. And I'm like, nobody's ever at the pie shop. Oh, they have terrible. There's no parking. I should go into the pie shop, but I probably won't. Wait, I live two blocks away. If I don't go in the pie shop, nobody's going to go into the pie shop. And then I just started the, you know, how you do in the shower. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll do a flash mob. 
So I, I used the power of, at that time, I wasn't an official marketer, but I knew how to do like send out constant contact. I knew how to do some Facebook basic stuff and I knew how to tweet and stuff. Long story short, we tweeted, we did some stuff and they had lines around the door for three hours. So I, I, I ended up trademarking that. It's called Flash Cashers. And we did it for, it was nonprofit and did it for local businesses where people would vote on the business and we would show up and surprise. And we had some other things built into that. So it was sort of, um, there was a format to it, but it was really great. And what I, what I learned inside those businesses were these local businesses had no, they weren't doing really any marketing and there was so much potential. So I found a local business and I said, Hey, I have a proposition for you. Let me do, she had no website. She had nothing, but she was an awesome store. I said, let me do everything for you and you don't have to pay me. But what I want you to do is give me free reign and to let me do what I want. And then if you like it, you recommend me to your business friends. And she's like, sure. I did. She loved it. And that's the end. Like once you make money for people, especially if you're a freelancer or a consultant, then your dance card fills up very quickly. So I was really booked with um, local consulting jobs. And that's really what ended up happening is that I realized I didn't know everything, but I knew enough to help local businesses. And then I learned more and then I learned more. And then I realized, oh my God, I hate having all these customers. And so <laughs> that's when I shifted to the online business model of creating courses and, you know, and membership site and so forth. And um, that's really when the, the game changed for me. But that's a long, long answer of how I stumbled into this. But I loved how basically you wanting to help a local business owner led to all of this, which is a beautiful story. Well, thank you. Yeah. So now your business has still transformed from being like marketing into actually helping business owner get help with her business because you see them not getting stuff done because they cannot do it all on their own. And you started helping people, you know, finding a virtual assistant, but not just in the US, but actually in the Philippines. So how did that happen? Does that because you were helping them with marketing and they weren't then be able to continue doing themselves? Well, I had done, I had done like a little free program like four years ago when I had my own epiphany of like, wow, like this is just not at some point, no matter how well you're doing, you hit a ceiling. Like you could be crushing it, but at some point you were going to get to a point where you're like, I just can't fulfill my potential because there's only one of me. So fortunately, I found this out early and I hired my own virtual assistant and it changed everything. And, she, and this person was in the Philippines. So I created a little freebie course and I got a lot of great feedback from that. And then over the years, I keep hearing the same thing. And either people just can't get lift off because we have a great idea for starting a business. We're really good at something. And whatever that thing is, we go out and hang a shingle and we're like, we're going to go do that thing. And then we get into the business and we're like, oh God, I have to do so much more than just that thing. I have to do marketing. I have to do admin. I have to do taxes. I have to do all those have to do's that you have to do in your business that really have nothing to do with that thing you started your business for. And that's soul crushing for a lot of entrepreneurs. It really is because, you know, you're just in this trap. Like you, you know what needs to be done. It's just like, well, I don't have time to learn Facebook ads and do these joint venture opportunities and write the book and whatever. So I kept running into this and I thought, you know, it's sort of like the 
the nose on the tip of my, whatever the phrase is, it's like right in front of me. It was like, why didn't I offer this sooner? Because I have a system. And the reason that it works is because for most solopreneurs, again, with the trap is that also a lot of solopreneurs understand that they need help. It's just, the problem is that there's a couple of problems. One is they might be at the point where they're like, well, I, ha- I feel like I need to reach X amount of dollars before I can justify this. But then you never reach X amount of dollars because you don't have any help. And so to hire a, a virtual assistant at $25 an hour or $50 an hour is just really not something that is, is going to work for a lot of solopreneurs. So this works because you get to leverage the exchange rate. And I know a lot of people, some, not a lot of people, some people bristle at the notion of paying someone $4.50 an hour. And um, there's a couple things that I say about that. One is, first of all, these are the rates that in my process, the VA is asking for. And again, we're leveraging exchange rates. So what's $4.50 an hour there is not $4.50 an hour here. It goes a lot further. But there's other ways to reward and and compensate that VA beyond just that hourly rate. So they get to grow with you. And not only that, there's a sense of ownership. And if your VA has a sense of ownership in your business, then you have something so much more than just a contractor, a transactional relationship. You have a person who is deeply invested in your business who will stay with you for years, not weeks or months. And with the people who have used my system, this is a reality. Like that's not a pipe dream. That's more often than not. But you do have to do certain things. You can't just go on to Upwork, look for a Filipino VA, and then run with it. You definitely have to vet people along the way. So there is a system and you've developed a system and I can understand we can met not go into the absolute detail of every step of the system. But can you give us a rough outline of what to watch out for when someone says, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go for it, Jen. You have convinced me. What do I do next? Okay. My system involves first when you post your, your job posts, there's also a link to an application in that post, okay, which is a Google form. They fill out the Google form and uh, there's certain key things that we ask for, right? That are, it's going to automatically eliminate a lot of people based on their answers on this Google form. And Google Forms automatically populate a Google Sheet, so like a spreadsheet, okay? So people are filling out this application, and then that sheet has some automations built in. So once people apply, you can just glance at the sheet. You don't have to read every every single application. You can glance and see exactly who passed that part of the, the application process. Then those people, and so this is all kind of automated. So those people, they're going to be sent an email. And in that email, there is going to be a link to an online interview. So again, it's like another form, but it's more like of an interview. They're going to ask more detailed questions. Same thing. Now that goes to a Google form. You could glance at the Google form and you could see very quickly. But in the beginning part, there's a test task. And that test task asks them, it's very detailed. So it's like, you're going to watch this video and then you're going to create a document based on this video. And then you're going to submit that to us. So then if they haven't passed the test task, they don't move any further. That test task is basically asking them to create a system. So I don't want to lose anybody here. So I might... I might be shooting myself in the foot by giving too much detail because I don't want it to sound so complicated because it's not. It's just that there are 
a series of steps. Of steps. So the first step was anyway, the application, which many will not fill out correctly. So you've eliminated a lot of people. Those who fill out the application correctly, they get a test task to do. Yes. And then they get the interview, but the test task. So this is really, this is really the, my favorite part of, of all of it is that their test task is they're watching a loom video of actually my assistant made the loom video of her doing um, how to do a canned response in Gmail. Okay. So she says, this is how you do it. And she's, she says to the applicant, you are going to turn this into a document. The document should look like this. Okay. With screenshots and information, and there should be a checklist. After all that, now you're only going to have like, you know, you're going to have a much smaller amount of people who actually qualify for a Skype interview. So let's say you have four people. Now you're going to get on the Skype interview. Now, by this point, they have been so vetted that you know that they've got the skills because they have done the assignment perfectly and all the other questions that were important to you, they've answered correctly. So you get these, the cream of the crop in the Skype interview. In the Skype interview, if you make the offer, the job offer, it's only for a trial period. So we do a one week trial period and that's all pretty automated as well because you've got part of what we do is our CEOs have recorded five short videos that the people are going to watch and work off of for that trial week. So you already have their assignments set up and ready for them. Then, and I like having two people, at least two or three people in a trial week, because then you can, because sometimes no matter how well they interview or whatever else, you just really never know until a person starts working. So they agree to a trial week, you agree to a trial week. And at the end of this trial week, you can be pretty certain this is the right person for you because you've, you've gone through all these steps, which really sounded painful, but we have it chunked down into little five-minute steps, but it's, it's a lot to explain. Hmm. So you would say that people will look for this uh, on onlinejobs.ph or is there any other sites where you suggest that people would post an ad? Yeah, that's my favorite site. Um, and when we first piloted this program, I contacted the owner and I said, we're going to have, you know, there, there's potentially hundreds of people who are going to be going through this program and they're going to be posting similar type ads. You know, do you think this is going to be a problem? And he said, I don't because uh, we get 10,000 posts a day, which I thought was amazing. I had no idea they were that big. But um, so I thought, well, let's just give it a shot. And it actually, it was absolutely not a problem. But yeah, that's my favorite place. And what I thought was, if that didn't work, then I would go out and find other sites. But it really works so well for everybody who went through the program that I'm just happy with that site. Yeah. And you say when people, uh, people will suggest themselves what they want to get paid, whether it's $3 an hour or four or whatever, the suggestion comes from the person in the Philippines themselves. And then you, let's say, agree to that. And then you said there were other ways to incentivize. Can you give some examples? So usually we start at what... I recommend not paying less. They might, you would actually, you will actually get people who go through the process that will be as little as $253 an hour. I do not recommend, even if they ask for that, I do not recommend starting less than $4 an hour. And then soon after that, like 
30 days, you evaluate them and then you can start giving uh, small raises. But beyond that, and this is also a great way of having them feel ownership in your business is when you are about to launch a new promotion, figure out a benchmark that is um, measurable and let them know like, okay, if we get 20 people in this new program, you're going to get at 5% of the, you know, of the gross from that, or you're going to get, you know, a hundred, hundred dollar bonus, things like that. And then, and then little things like, I've got a whole list of ways to send them little happies from within the Philippines. So, you know, whether it's flowers or cakes, and there's sort of like an Amazon that is for the Philippines where you could send things like, you know, gifts for their new baby or or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's treating the VA as if they were in the office right next to you. And the post that I recommend says, says as much. It says, I'm looking for someone to grow with my business, to be with me for years and not weeks. That's my wish for every entrepreneur because it is, you know, we use the word game changer all the time, but really is a game changer. When you know someone's got your back, when you can just know that someone has got things managed so that you could focus on that thing that you really went into business to do to begin with, you know, and that you can do the things that actually scale your business, like creating the joint venture partnerships by creating the courses, uh, sharing your brilliance, like that's what you showed up to do. And so it's just liberating when, when you can really feel confident. And the other, the other part is, I think that people feel apprehension about hiring a VA is that, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, because of maybe if there's a type, right? Like I think there is a type with entrepreneurs, like we're creative, maybe a little impulsive. I don't know. We're a lot of things, but we're not normal. (laughs) And the entrepreneur type is pretty good at flying by the seat of our pants. So you can make it work pretty well. But the thought of letting someone else seeing the hot mess that is the back end of your business is a little bit scary or just thinking like, I don't know what I would give to someone else, you know, but once you start, you never, you won't run out of ideas. I mean, once you start and once you start creating the systems, oh, and that's, I left out something so important. So that test task was all about making a system, right? As small as it is, I mean, a system is really just a checklist, you know, the guys on the Apollo 13 got back to earth. I saw it the other day in a museum and it was like literally because they had typewriters in those days. It was just a typewritten checklist and it got the, it got them safely back to earth by just following those steps. So a system is really just a checklist. Uh, so the very first tasks that you're going to give to your VA are very similar to that test task that they did. You're going to ask them to your, just your most basic repetitive stuff that you do every day in your business, okay? And you're going to film yourself. We, uh, we like to use Loom video. It's my favorite. So we just talk to ourselves all the time, right? Like, so now I'm doing this and now I'm doing this and now I'm doing this and saying why we're doing it. Okay, now you've got a link and it's on your Trello board. Then the new VA is going to watch that video. They're going to create the system Okay, they're going the checklist, maybe a document like they did in the text test task with screenshots and explanations with arrows and red circly things and whatever. But now the beauty is a couple of things. Number one, not only do you have this process now documented for any other new hire that you get, but they know how to do it so well because they actually had to create a system. They had to listen to you so well that they had to document this. 
and create a checklist. So we have now in our business over a hundred systems, checklists of the routine things that we do in our business and some things that are, you know, quarterly or whatever, but nothing gets missed now either. It's systematized because people just go through the checklist. So we all know that we didn't miss anything. That's like my fa- one of my favorite parts of the process because otherwise, even if you have help, if the two of you aren't operating off any kind of systems, it's really just a mess multiplied because you got two people who can't find anything. <laughs> yeah. Or you have two entrepreneurs and they make a bigger mess of it. But still hiring someone from the Philippines, there is a certain, maybe I call a stigma around it, like, you know why not hire someone locally versus, okay, yes, you could save some money. You can benefit from the exchange rate, as you said, but also there's this thing of like, well, it's somehow different. You know, what do you say to someone that's still having those doubts? First of all, and we didn't talk about this, is that I lived in the Philippines for three years. I went to university there for a year and I like the Philippines because I love the Philippines. I love the culture. I love, you know, it's always weird talking about a a country in general or a people in general, but you could be pretty accurate if you say like a country values this, a country values that, values that. I mean, they're a very Catholic country, so they're very religious. They observe lots of holidays. So that's a true statement. Tied in with that, they also really value education. And so what you will find is you get applicants who have master's degrees. You know, I had an applicant the other day who was a pharmacist. Um, So you're getting very highly educated people. So in terms of like different that way, because I'm getting more highly qualified applicants in that sense than I would here. And English, most people there speak very good English. So there's that. But as far as the local versus overseas I also work with VAs in the United States. I mean, there are some things, for example, copywriting. I'm probably not going to find a copywriter in the Philippines who's going to be able to write the kind of copy that I need. That's just a fact um, because we express ourselves differently. English is their second language. So I'm going to find a copywriter here. But that's kind of, for me, that's that's kind of it. I mean, I'm not, I'm just a realist, okay? So like, yeah, I would love to employ you know, the person down the street who charges $100 an hour for basic admin work or something, you know, that's a bad example. But you know what I mean? That would be nice. But I can't leverage that as the small business that, that I am. I just can't, that dollars and cents, period. So I don't feel bad about it. If, if I wasn't paying a, a fair living wage or if I was taking advantage or I thought that this was somehow exploiting people, then that would be one thing. But I do not. So I'm, in fact, quite just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I think we we are doing a good thing to be able to employ people from all over the world. We have, uh, you know, we have someone on the team from the Philippines uh, for uh, several months now. I think it's just three months, so I'm not going to say yet. But so far, we are very happy. We have not had any doubts about, you know, we want her to stay on forever. Uh, We also have someone from India, Canada, US, Italy, Switzerland, Iceland. So I love that people are just from all over the world and are able to work with us as a virtual team. Yes. Oh, and the other thing, the other thing I want to say, Sigrun, is that 
when you're looking for the person, like it's less important the way in my system, it's less important that you find someone who is a rock star with click funnels or Kajabi or whatever. I could care less. It's really, we're looking for somebody who has the capacity to do that thing, right? So, so if you write, ask the right questions initially and the test task is correct, then that person has the capacity and more importantly, I, I guess the desire that they enjoy that kind of thing that you're hiring them for. And then we have what we call like our wish list training. So those are things that you want done in your business. You don't know how to do, but you really would like to have an expert in that in your business. So Google Analytics is the perfect example of that. So we were not using Google Analytics in our business the way that we needed to. So I found a Google Analytics course and I purchased it for my VA. And now a couple of wonderful things are happening. My VA is increasing her skill set and her um, expertise. Okay, so... So she is so happy. Oh, and we did this recently with a Pinterest course as well. And um, I didn't have to learn it. And so she learned it. And now she gets to execute it. And she's so proud because this is hers. Again, she has a sense of, of ownership now because she's contributing. Because I think we're, I don't think, I know as human beings, we are hardwired to grow. Everybody. The man that's out digging ditches, he also has like, it's just in our DNA. We want to, doesn't mean we always do. It doesn't mean we always act on it, but there is a desire to, um, to just grow our whole lives. And so if you can give that, that's another way of, of offering value in addition to the pay that you're giving them. Absolutely. I love that. So basically hiring for attitude or, or the way they like to work versus actually them knowing all the tools. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So you have seen then people stay on for, you know, years with the same person. Do you suggest people hire straight away full time or is it more like 10 hours a week or how, how do they should get started? So I like to, uh, what I recommend in, in my program is that people start with a minimum of 20 hours a week. I just think you're going to have better, better luck that way. So even if they might not do technically 20 hours, but if you're paying $4 an hour, just guaranteeing them that amount of money is going to benefit you in the long run. And even if you think you don't have 20 hours of work, like I said before, you will, because if all you did was the wish list part, right? Like you, if you find some trainings on YouTube, on that thing that you want somebody to do in your business. And that's all you do is say, I'm going to pay you to watch this and learn it and make notes and then implement it. That's worth four bucks an hour for, for 20 hours a week, for sure. Uh, so that, that's what I usually recommend. I absolutely love this. Uh, and I thank you for sharing, Jen, uh, how people can hire a VA from the Philippines, because we haven't had this on the podcast before. I want to go back to the front row mindset. You know, hiring a team is a part of that too. You know, you're not going to be in the front row unless you have a team that backs you up and allows you to be in the front row. A hundred percent. So how does that relate to the team building for you? To be on the front row is to be a leader, and to be a leader is to be on the front row. I mean, so if you're leading a team, even for the person who is most fearful of, or maybe doubts themselves so much 
that they can't step up there to the front row and lead the team. Um, this just forces you to do it, I guess, you know, like it's sink or swim, it's do or die. It's like, at some point we're all going to face as entrepreneurs, you're going to face a hard truth. Are you fine sitting in the middle and being mediocre? And like, basically, even though you're working for yourself, you just created a job for yourself because, and it's worse than a job because you have a horrible boss who doesn't give you time off or vacations or benefits. I mean, you know, who wants that? Yuck, nobody. So you, you have that reckoning sooner, hopefully rather than later. And then you force yourself up into that front row seat and your, your team is inspired by that, I guess. A team wants a leader. They want someone that is in the front row for them, whether it's running my business now or in the past when I was a CEO, they were looking for that, you know, uh, not everyone wants to be in the front row, but by choosing the job role entrepreneur, you have chosen that for better or worse, you have chosen that role already to be in the front row, but then you have to step up when you hire a team, that's the time to step up. And like Gary Vee points out, you're working for them, they're not working for you. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's exactly right. And also, you know, with the whole front row thing, it's like, you you know, when you walked in the room that day in social media, I was standing up there and I was like, and there's Sigrun and she walked in and you had on your gorgeous red. And I, I knew, I just knew I waited. And I was like, she's, I said to myself, she's, she walks all the way down the aisle and plants yourself like front and center, right? Like right there. I am Sigrun. I am here. I'm ready to soak it all up. But not everybody is Sigrun, right? Like I, and clearly I'm an, I'm an extrovert, you know? And so, but what I want to say is that having a front row mindset has nothing to do with whether or not you're brave enough to wear, you know, a floor length red dress, or if you're an extrovert, it, it really is more a matter of, you know, and fake it if you have to in the beginning to say to yourself, like, why not me? Perfect. Perfect ending, Jen. Why not me? Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm super excited about your system, your process. We're going to link it up in the show notes. So how do people find you the best? JenLaner.com. It's spelled L-E-H-N-E-R.com. Uh, and then this Front Row CEO, there's more information at FrontRowCEO.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jen. Thank you, Sigrun. Early bird tickets for the Selfmade Summit are now available. Super early bird tickets sold out in 48 hours. Grab your early bird ticket now. Go to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 356, where you can find out more about the Selfmade Summit, plus all the links to Jen Lehner. And there you will also find a flowchart of the steps on how to hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post with the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode.